Welcome to the Disney Hour Express podcast. I'm Abby. And I'm Rob. We are two hopelessly romantic Disney enthusiasts. Sharing fun stories, secret tips, and family travel experiences. If you are a Disney newbie, or maybe a season pass holder, we hope you find this information helpful. We turned our love of Disney into a unique boutique travel agency that books Disney and Universal vacations. We've got a lot of stories, so cozy on up, choose your favorite drink, whether that be a cocktail or a hot chocolate, and enjoy the Disney Hour Express. Hey, babe. Hello. <laughs> I thought I'd try something a little different today. It was way different. I know. Sorry. <laughs> hey, we made it to episode number seven, which is Lucky. my favorite number. Lucky number. I love that number. What about what? How do you feel about the movie Lucky Number Eleven? I can't say that I've ever seen it. <laughs> it's not worth watching, oh, but sorry. it does come up in topic. Oh. You talk about number seven sometimes. Gotcha. Yeah, you know, I've heard it in title only a bunch of times. But okay. Seven is right. my number. I love that number. Josh Hartnett. All right. <laughs> so we're going to talk about our favorite Disney couples today because Disney has created some of the greatest and most iconic love stories ever told. And we just celebrated Valentine's Day. We did just celebrate Our it. Valentine's Day. All right. Yeah, that's true. Or what do they call it? Broentine's Day? What's the guy's I, version? I don't. Uh, they call guy it. Guyentine's. Uh, happy hour. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Broentine's. That's, that's oh, fair. Boy. <laughs> I have if no anyone of my friends ever brought that up to me, I would just. <laughs> Be like, let's have a Broentine. Like, hey, um, all of Rob's friends, let's do that. Like, I'm going to see you later. <laughs> <laughs> you'd never do that you'd be like i'm going i'm gonna i'm there meet ya so uh as, a, as of more recently i think that disney couples have done a bit of a better job of reflecting the real world i mean when you think of some of the old school disney couples um like the princesses who seem to always be napping and then the princess that come along and rescue them because apparently well, no princess can rescue herself. Well, but they have, somebody has to wake them up from their naps, right? <laughs> their, their naps of long days <laughs> of doing nothing really but singing to birds. Yep. Mm, I love it. I can see this in my future. Will you, will you <laughs> rescue me from a long nap? Of singing to birds in your sleep? <laughs> yeah. Okay. You got Be it. my male hero that swoops on in. Sure, it might be I'm more like the donkey that they ride in on. <laughs> oh, that would be great. <laughs> so uh, what's your top favorite Disney couple? Nope. You're going first this time. What? No way. Yes way. Oh, my gosh. See, so you change things up. I'm changing things up. Well, I guess that's fair. If I just said, Evie, would you know who I was talking about? Oh, would I know who you're talking about? Yeah. I would know who you're talking about. Because Wally and Evie are my number one mm. favorite couple. All right. That makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. That's, that's, you know, of all the love stories, that's a good one. <laughs> that makes sense, really? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. So if you've never seen Wally, he's a robot. 
And he's actually, uh, I mean, Wally stands for Waste Allocation Load Lifter Earth class. <laughs> and he's, <laughs> he's a little bit blue and lonely because he's just been on Earth for 700 years by himself because the entire human race escaped to space in order to avoid a rapidly deteriorating planet. <sighs> that yes. was a big mouthful. Oh, boy. So then finally, suddenly, I mean, he's there with, I think it was like uh, a cockroach was his best friend, right? And then all of a sudden, Evie arrives and he finally meets somebody else that's like kind of like him. But uh, she's shiny and beautiful and won't give him any time of day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so he's just like, kind of like obsessed with her because he doesn't get it he's like look see you're like me and she's just like not impressed at all and so he really has to just kind of patiently wait for her to find interest in him and uh it's just i think it's just so adorable and cute and very cute and evie um that's a good pick that's my pick my number one how about you that's a great pick so my number one is it's kind of like, you know, like, oh, that's very, um, of course, my pick is Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck. Oh, bros. <laughs> hey, whatever you want to call it. Look, we, you know, things opened up nowadays. You know, Got it. Okay. You know, it, it's not just uh, male and female. And now, but it also, is, it is, I'm picking that because it, it also has something to say. Obviously, Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse are, you know, a thing. But they've always, like, up until just recently, I mean, going back to the days of, you know, the 30s when the, uh, you know, 20s and 30s when they were making Mickey Mouse. And I don't know when Minnie Mouse actually came up. I did not look that up. But, I mean, she didn't really have much to do. She wasn't, she was just, you know, Minnie Mouse would not pass the Bechtel test. Uh, she was there mostly just to be Mickey's love interest, right? She didn't really have too much of a personality. You know, then they started building her up in the years. But uh, Donald, on the other hand, they, you know, they had him come on in, you know, back in, back in the 30s. There was uh, his first appearance was on a page that I just clicked off of. And now I can't find it. And here it is. It's he was in 19. It was 1934. It was his second appearance in a Disney film. It was uh, Orphan's Benefit. That was the first time he was with Mickey. And ever since then. He was, you know, he was introduced as the uh, temperamental comic foil to Mickey at all times. And, you know, just beyond that, I mean, he's been with Mickey through hundreds of, you know, film, short films and cartoons and, you know, series. And they were in a um, one of my like uh, Sega Genesis days back when I was in my video game video gaming times in the 90s they were in a cool movie a uh, cool game called the uh, world of illusion i was more of a castle of illusion fan but world of illusion was the sequel it came out after that besides the point but they were always just kind of you know they were they were broning it out they would fist bump and uh you know i just think of them as more of the best ro- you could call it bromantic romantic whatever you want to call it 
couple in uh, in Disney. Okay, uh, that that was a big. Uh, I wasn't expecting that mm-hmm. one, mm-hmm. but uh, but I respect it. So instead of giving you my second, I'm going to give you my third couple because I just want to follow up with that. And my third favorite couple was Mickey and Minnie. Oh, I see. Yeah, so okay. I went for the traditional Mickey and Minnie, just because I feel like they've had. They have had over 90 years of love together. They've been together since 1929, and they have had all sorts of adventures, despite what you may think. (laughs) Um, The first time Minnie appeared alongside Mickey was in a short called Plain Crazy. And what I like about this one is that, you know, Mickey invites Minnie along for the ride in his plane. And she's kind of like, okay, I'll go for this ride. And like that classic kind of Minnie oh sure whatever you know (laughs) and and when he kisses her mid-flight she gets on out of there she parachutes out of that plane that is bad ass you know she's just like i you know i don't need this but thanks (laughs) peace So come to see the rest of the years that they've been together. Minnie becomes the rock in the relationship while Mickey is the one who just keeps on. He keeps the adventures rolling, but he kind of with his friend over there, Donald Duck, just keeps (laughs) kind of doing some really uh, outlandish things. And his forgetfulness and mischievous sometimes puts a damper on the relationship, but they always come back together. And I think that's like a really cool sign of individuality. Everybody's different. And then and then those differences make for like kind of a okay that's nice and then they're back together and they're happy again and i love how mickey is always courting minnie he can't not do things to make her smile and giggle and happy he's just always trying to get that another smile out of her and um i find that so romantic and i love that and i love that they're solid they're together i mean they're they are together. They're together, and I love it. It's heartwarming. That's what it is, really. It's heartwarming. Well, I'm glad it warmed your heart. <laughs> well, who's your second? So my second, I know we said that this was couples, oh, but boy. I picked a thruple. Oh, man. <laughs> Babe, you are throwing this off. <laughs> I'm thruple. No, I'm throw. No, I can't do it. Thruple throwing. Thruple throwing. Okay, so mine is now obviously I'm a well known Star Wars uh, fanatic, so I am picking um, Han Solo, Leia Organa, and Luke Skywalker. Okay, all right, so that's totally fair, and I could see how you would pick them as a thruple because you can't think of just two of them, it's, it is clearly the three of them, yes, and, and they have this very fine balance that is needed to make the story happen no it's true and you know don't get me wrong han solo and 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 leia had the you know they had the chemistry and there was like more of the passion between them the Mm -hmm. it was the love-hate relationship but it was really then it was you know it was set up that you know and again it let's not really dig deep into george lucas's mind (laughs) but the fact that you know luke skywalker was into yeah. What was going to be his, his revealed to be his sister Yikes. in, you know, entirely in the first, you know, in, in the first one, then in the second one, they get kind of, you know, an empire 
they're separated more or less. So, and that's really where Leia, you know, really falls in, for Han in that. Mm. And then, you know, and then obviously then there's the reveal in Jedi, but you know, there was a lot of, you know, Luke was definitely into her. Yeah. Which again, always, since I was a little kid, I never, I've just always kind of, you just kind you of just like. just learn to ignore that. You're just, yeah, exactly. Let's, you're let's like, compartmentalize you're like, yeah, that. You're like, wait, did they kiss? Yeah, they did um, kiss and they did it. But then there was also, look, you know, Luke and Han got along really well. Always came back for each other. You could go on and even into the, you know, to the next set of sequels. And, uh, you know, they were always kind of, they were always longing for each other. Yeah. Like, you know, Han would get Han's ears would perk up whenever they talked about Luke Skywalker. Or he said, "Oh, you're you're looking for Luke?" Like you know, he wanted to he wanted to find him. You're right. So, that is a really interesting concept. Yeah. You know, I meant to say back in our Mickey and Minnie that um, Walt Disney actually had to clarify that Mickey and Minnie were not siblings. In 1933, <laughs> he actually made a statement that they were not siblings, that they were a love interest to each other. And so that's really interesting that in the Star Wars, many, many, many years later, we kind of had this same blurry line for a little mm-hmm. bit of time until it needed to be truly clear and again and when they back when you know when the original trilogy came out they these weren't disney properties so that's true i, I highly doubt they would have let that happen at all if uh, <laughs> you know in that in that case but it did and it's there and they're my pick for they're my number You're two pick number two pick well so now i have to go back to number two because i mm-hmm. really gave you my number three, three. for number two okay so my number two, can you take <laughs> does, a guess? Do you have any number idea? number two work for? Um, let's see. Now I have to look. She gave, I sent him a list of it was so ex- like, two pages <laughs> worth was just, of Disney couples. Now we'll, we'll say that this is our first non-Friday recorded podcast. We're recording on a Thursday because Abby and the girls are going away for the weekend that could be obviously that could be around for Friday. So we're recording on a Thursday. She probably figured she was like, there's no way he's going to have, he's going to have time to do any research whatsoever. He barely does any as it is. So I'm going to give him a huge list of couples, Disney couples. So if I'm looking at them all, I think I have an idea. I mean, there, there could go a lot of ways, but I think it's going to be a pair of dogs. Oh, uh, maybe no. Mm. Is it a, is it a, or is it one dog-like man? <laughs> Our entire wedding was themed <laughs> after that dog-like man and someone who loves to read so much, but it's not that. Oh, okay. Because then. I was thinking as the couples entirely, and although I love Beauty and the Beast. I didn't like who the beast was. I liked who he developed into, but it took so, so much time to get him there that I didn't find him a truly lovable character. Okay. All right. Fair enough. So, in fact. That's why, that's why you're a pro guest on. My, <laughs> never. My second <laughs> was Simba and Nala. 
From the Lion King. From an early age, they were just meant to be. They were. They were childhood friends, and they were betrothed at an early age. (laughs) Now, I always giggle about this because it was basically two moms just being like, Mm, our babies you got the boy i got the girl they're gonna be married here we go let's sign on the dotted the line we're good all the good things happen and uh uh, but simba and nala like both agreed that friends marrying each other was too weird so they just went on being like really fun friends and uh they got into some situations together and nearly died when the hyenas were after them and the brave Mufasa saved them, right? Yeah. And so, before um, his demise, before, yeah, this was before. And then uh, Simba runs away after his father has died. And Nala, years later, is the one who finds him. And they fall back into their playful friendship so easily. And she is able to remind Simba of his royal responsibilities. Mm -hmm. And so it's just such a, I think, having that developed friendship as a child, uh, and then it slowly begins to move into a romantic um, relationship. I mean, there's got to be so much more than just love there right it's just this connection and this understanding about where each other comes from and uh what it was like then and what it's like now and how you want to always maintain this kind of beautiful home together um i'm sure that (laughs) there's a lot of (laughs) icy moments and a lot of heated moments and Mm. it's uh it's all over the place with them i'm sure um uh it just gives the relationship a very pure organic and loving feeling so uh this movie though it came out at a pivotal time in my life i was a fourth grader and i think when you're in that area of life he's smiling because he's thinking about how old he was when this came out in 1994 (laughs) oh he's dying oh boy Um, but uh, I mean, I when, you, to say. when you're at that age, you are seeking to understand what relationships should and shouldn't be like. So this movie had the unique perspective of showing both this beautifully strong relationship develop. And it was um, it was honest and caring towards each other and very respectful And then you also see Scar, the uncle, and Simba's relationship. And that is a very um, aggressive and abusive relationship. So so for a fourth grader to kind of ingest all this information through the beautiful animation of Disney and, and, you know, a little bit of Elton John playing in the background, um, it just... It really spoke to me in a way and probably taught me more about relationships that than I can ever actually define. So, so it was you, a deep one. Simba you, so and Nala. You, you were able to feel that love tonight. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> that night. That was clunky. <laughs> well, thanks for that. Well, okay. So what's your well, third one? So be only because I've been so... You know, out of the box, I have not fallen into the pattern. I'm going to reserve, <laughs> to give my number three to the end of the show. 
Um, uh, what? Yeah, she's she's I'm sorry. So, she's so thrown <laughs> off right now. I don't really know where to go with that. <laughs> she's squirming, so I'll give it. I'll do it I bet you anything. The, the show. It's um, it's Grogu and the Mandalorian. <laughs> that's a pretty good one, but that's clearly <laughs> paternal. That's uh, clearly paternal. But it paternal. is a beautiful relationship. It is. It is. <laughs> Just give them the knob on your. Uh, Stick shift. <laughs> what? That was, Ooh. Ooh. Okay. It's as bad as. <laughs> so, in a little bit of news, <laughs> let's just switch gears there, my love. Yes. In a little bit of news, um, we were talking last night, late at night, when I was about falling asleep. You asked me if the <laughs> new Toy Story Roundup Rodeo BBQ. You were you were worried that they wouldn't have any plant based options, and I totally sympathized. And I was like, No, I think I heard somewhere, and then fell asleep. Yeah. Probably There's a, like eyes, like one eye closed, and I'm like, Wait a minute, did you hear about? This? Like this is honestly. <laughs> how we talk to each other yes. we're just talking disney right up until the moment of sleep yeah well, that is nothing mm-hmm. is truer than that so um if you don't know about the roundup rodeo bbq um it opens up on march 23rd mm-hmm. and the reservations actually start really soon they start on february 21st and that's over in toy story and they do have all the amazing good meat eaters mm-hmm fair and then they have savory plant-based offerings as well so i was really excited to read about that they've got the slow smoked cauliflower and oven roasted bratwurst which is bratwurst in quotes because it's not really bratwurst Mm -hmm. and then the impossible rib chop so i'm ready i'm all about that it sounds really yummy it sounds really good and that's that's what yeah that was a concern at the uh you hear of rodeo and for us the veggie people out there they're like yeah i'm never gonna go there because it's a it's a bbq yeah and uh they got all these good options so they that and the traditional you know the the meat stuff so we can all eat together and be happy and they had some actually i i wasn't sure because it's i I thought or assumed, I guess it was more like child's based, but mm. they do have some really interesting alcoholic beverages as well as mm-hmm. non-alcoholic beverages that I'd I'd love to check out. It looks very yummy and fun. And they just finally took the scrim off of it late earlier this week. They removed the walls yeah. so you could see into it. And it looks, you know, it looks really cool. It's got yeah. like a bunch of Tinker Toys as uh, decoration, you know, like kind of uh, surrounding it and stuff. So it looks looks like it's going to be a good restaurant. Awesome. So we also can't seem to get away from talking about Tron. Um, I can't mm-hmm. stop. I'm obsessed at this point. Yeah. So and I that's, watched. That's the talk of the talk of the Disney world. Yeah. I, wa- I watched a lot of uh, YouTubers mm-hmm. um, get on Tron and some bigger, some smaller. So it was all about how you fit on this ride. And it seems like the test seats are a really good option. You can get your photos taken at the test seats, which mm-hmm. is really unique. It encourages you to get on them and learn what, how so you that... can fit into them because it's it's a unique fit. It's mm-hmm. not you're sitting up upright. You're sitting like you're on a motorbike. And if you've never been on a motorbike, it's more of a lean forward, right? And he's looking and, at and me we he's know, like because, a, because, she keeps, a because she keeps calling it motorbike. That's why I'm like because <laughs> I call it a motorbike and not a motorcycle. You know, she's a big. She, <laughs> I'm she's, just thinking about Harry Potter, honestly. <laughs> Motorbikes. 
boy. All right. Yeah. But like it, it. in any case, um, it's more of a lean forward and a putting your legs in the right place to get the right fit and have the seat that comes up towards your back lock in correctly. So mm. I watched a lot of videos and it looks like there hasn't been too many problems. It's just that you need to learn to lean and lock in in the right way. Mm. So definitely utilizing those. And I thought it was so interesting that... Um, D23 members ha- yeah. had a day open in which, and now this is just for D23 gold members, had a day open in which they could purchase um, tickets to go ride Tron, and you could go in at 6 p.m. in the evening. It was about $50. Um, this is coming up. It hasn't happened yet, but the ticket purchase has happened and has been closed and, and full, since, yeah. this, since this conversation. And um they can go and they can ride Tron and spend the rest of the evening in the park. And I think that's a really great idea. I think that's very cool and unique. And with those D23 Gold members, you also get some refreshments and you get a special souvenir when you walk in. And uh, I've always been wondering, is it worth it being a D23 member? No. Then when I hear things like this, I'm yeah. kind of like, well, that's really unique. Mm-hmm. And I like that. So next, the annual pass holder option will open where they can also purchase a pre ride before it opens mm-hmm. to the public on April 1st. So very cool stuff. And speaking of D23, like there's other perks. I I had a really great um, uh, Disney Plus membership that I got through being a D23 member at the time. And yeah, that was awesome. So there's other perks that also, you know, that go along with it. And uh, I, like Disney Plus, I think I paid like, it was like $79 for the first two years, which is like a crazy oh, good deal. wild. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they do things like that as well. So that's that's right. So when did you go to a D twenty three event? It was more like a comic event. Yeah, no, did I didn't even go. About? This was just something like they were advertising it online, and and uh, at the time when they were promoting Disney Plus, when it was just about to come out, and so it was like, oh wait, this is a great yeah, it's like this is a great deal. So you just joined up, and you were able to get that that awesome deal. So th- there's there's advantages to. Get in the D, 23. <laughs> Interesting. So we had the opportunity to have travel specialist Sarah pop into our studio this week. And it was so lovely seeing her again. I swear I am really hitting all the milestones this year with visiting people because I never get to see anyone. And this year I've gotten to see Sarah twice. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. <laughs> it is awesome. And so she came on over and talked a little bit about what her favorite experiences are at Disney and what her childhood memory is. So we can go ahead and chit chat more with her. Hey, we've got travel specialist Sarah in the studio today. Hi. And we're so excited to talk to her. Hey, Sarah, can you tell me about your very first Disney memory? Absolutely, I can. And it involves running, which is probably the first and last time I've ever run in my life. Mm -hmm. So when I was a kid, we didn't have a ton of money and regular vacations was not a thing. My father's a teacher, my mom was a secretary, and to have that money to just go away every year, it wasn't there. But my parents made it a point to save enough money so that we could do the big trips. So I think in my entire childhood, we took three vacations and all three were Disney. <laughs> so the very first one, I must have been like, I want to say like 
four, five, probably the same age as my son. And um, the next one, I think I was little older, like maybe more like eight, nine. And then the last one, I think I was 13. So that very first Disney memory, I was very young. And my father was very much the we have to get our money's worth mindset. I love that. Which means that we um, back then we couldn't afford to stay on property. So we stayed off property. We had the rental car where all three of us were smushed in the back. No car seats. Gotta love it. Um, and I remember just trying to keep up the pace that my father set. And I, at four or five years old, was running, literally running for every, you know, two, three steps that he took. I think I took 20 or 30. Like I must have covered like a million steps per day. I wish we had a pedometer around my ankle because I literally just had to run everywhere and keep up. And that's probably why I don't do that anymore. So yeah, that's earliest memory running down Main Street running. <laughs> I love that. And I can totally uh, see that in my childhood, too. Yeah. You know, I feel like we grew up in this generation where we really had to save for years to go to Disney and people still do. And that's fine. But having that um, childhood memory that this was it, this is the most for magical sure. thing and we've saved for this and we're going to enjoy it. Um, and I think that's the difference too, is I think our parents really had it in their mind that we're going to enjoy this. Sometimes nowadays yeah. in the parks, we don't see that so much. I think there's a little bit of... Well, there's a transition now where it used to be that you had to go and do the big Disney trip. Like this was it, the big blowout. You spend the whole week there. We have to see everything. We have to do everything. Get the most out of your trip. And I feel like that really only benefits the person writing the check. And that's really only if you nickel and dime every single moment, every single, you know, experience that you have. I feel like... I have to really resist the urge to repeat behavior too and do that with my own family. <laughs> I think I told Abby about screaming at my daughter's high knees this last time. In my defense, it was the last day of the trip. Like I wouldn't normally do that, but it was literally like the last thing that we were about to do that we had to run for that I wouldn't normally make them do that. Hey, I like that. Like a Disney, a Disney boot camp. I kind of, you know, literally in the whole time I was like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be that person. I'm not going to be that guy. I absolutely was that last day in my last hour of, you know, our last part of the day. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah. High knees. We got to make our lightning lane. Yeah. And we did for the record. See, the, we there did. you go. But... What, what is your opinion on the Genie Plus and lightning lane now that you've just recently used it? So, I mean, I really thought it was beneficial. I mean, I, I guess there's no going back to the fast passes. I almost in a way wish we could go back to the time where you go up to the kiosk and you get a literal paper <laughs> fast pass. Yeah. And it prints out and it is what it is. You know what I mean? I feel like there's less arguing. There's less like if it doesn't work, you just approach a cast member and say, oh, I really wanted to do this. But, you know, maybe they can work with you. It's almost like we have too much power with technology, mm. but we're not going back in time. So moving forward. I really like it. I think it's the same advice I give to all clients is that you also need to have a little bit of your own self-awareness that, you know, just because the genie said to do that doesn't mean that that's actually going to fit your family's needs. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't make sense for you to absolutely hit that lightning lane, you know, all the way across the park. You know, if you're 
I don't know, let's just spitball in France, getting off of Remy's Ratatouille adventure and then trying to make the lightning lane in the next 12 minutes at Frozen Ever After, mm-hmm. yeah. making your daughters pick up uh, their needs as you run. And, yeah. Yeah. Who does that? And not right? stop at every single souvenir kiosk along the oh way. Oh, oh I want We can look at that yeah. later. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> Yeah, I was that person. I really like it. I think it fits a lot of people's needs. I think it gives you a little bit more flexibility. And because if you take the ownership of looking at your own, you know, Genie Plus and what it says to do and say, well, wait a second, that doesn't fit for me. Let me refresh, take a look at the map. You know, there's ways to make it work better and enhance that trip even more. So I like it. I mean, like I said, there's no going back in time. So only moving forward, you know, you have to embrace the positive and make it work for you. Now, being that you've uh, been a, a agent for, you know, you've been working with family travel special, family yeah. travel planner as a specialist, travel specialist. What's one? Do you have like, uh, especially now as we're coming out of the pandemic and so on and so forth? Is there like a question that you get over and over again? Yes. Okay. Always getting asked about dining plans. Okay. Always and forever. Dining plan is the number one question. I receive and it's the number one question I cannot answer. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's so funny. Everybody has a different mindset when they go on vacation. I'm the same generation of people that, you know, we didn't get to go on vacation every year and we don't get to go to Disney all the time. Mm. You know, it just sometimes isn't within the budget and I have to say no so that I could save up and make a better trip for next time. Mm -hmm. But when I go on vacation... I'm not cooking. There is no travel to Kroger and get the cold cuts and Mm. make sandwiches. Oh, no, 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 no. When I said no cooking, Mm -hmm. I mean, like, I barely want to make my own coffee. (laughs) Like, I'm with you, sister. (laughs) I'm on vacation. You, You know, so, yes, you're going to pay for food. You have to eat. You know, you have to live and, you know. Yeah, it is what it is kind of a thing. You have to embrace it. And there are ways to make it work for you, for sure. I'm all about the granola bars and cereal in the hotel room. I'm also the same person that gets a loaf of bread and peanut butter because it's protein and you know good enough. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But no. yeah, no. Tr- dining plan is number one question. I so wish I could give people a better answer, but I, I just don't know. I just don't. Okay. No. And that's, uh, you know, the, uh, convenient as we just had our uh, dining episode uh, come out last week so that works that's pretty cool um so well we don't want to keep you too long everybody's time's precious here so i'll ask you one more question what's you kind of gave us a early memory or what's one thing that you've done recently that's like a kind of like a, a you have to do it every time you go or a must uh okay so I don't know why this is our thing, but it's totally our thing. So we are team Animal Kingdom family. Mm-hmm. We all love animals. We're mm-hmm. super into it. And, you know, I know that Animal Kingdom gets a lot of hate, but we're here for it. And somehow this has become our tradition the last three visits where we need to get a Joffrey's iced coffee for my husband and I. We need the giant donuts, mm-hmm. preferably pink frosted with sprinkles my son likes the blue frosted with sprinkles but it has to be you know frosted with sprinkles so this enormous donut the size of your head and then we have to immediately go take it and enjoy it while watching the bird presentation in animal kingdom yep 
And it's a little bit like part Jungle Cruise, like bad dad joke kind of vibe, <laughs> but also with birds, which I'm not a bird person. They creep me out, man. Yeah. They're so freaky. But somehow <laughs> it's totally our thing. And like we sit from beginning to end watching the show just completely enthralled by it. And it mm-hmm. never stops being cool to us when that bird like swoops down over your head or when they all like come out at the end, like we're here for it. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's such a weird thing that it's become like, we have to do it. No, 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 no. Like can't skip it. Like it's got to get done. I don't care if we start it or end it, but like we have to go and make sure that we do it. Is that weird? It's a, it's a little weird. And like, I swear we're not like bird people, but there's just something so cool about it. And you know, you're right there and we always get a good seat because it's like nobody knows about it. And now I'm almost like hesitant to even talk about it. Like, don't don't take my seat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I want to yeah. go again. And now we have to. No, and it's good finding those things that like they're, you know, a little bit off the beaten path. You know, it's, you know, everyone knows the big, you know, I want to go to be our guest and all this stuff. And but yeah. finding that type of thing really means a lot. And, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I feel like that's so important to have that especially at each park like Mm. we always joke around that epcot is our like guaranteed meltdown day everybody (laughs) loves epcot we can't skip it (laughs) yet somehow at some point in the day somebody's about to lose their marbles usually the kids not usually scott or i i mean we're not without exception but you know that that totally happens and i think it's so important to have that thing in each park that you can at least come together on even if it's the tiki room at magic kingdom i mean if you know you know (laughs) yeah yeah you just you have to have it you know i love that so our team of specialists is growing do you have any advice for the new specialists coming on board um i would say that the most important thing that we could do as specialists it take is take all the reasons why somebody wouldn't go to disney and try to work with that and try to find that counterpoint to each one. Nine times out of 10, the expense is always there. So I'm always trying to find ways to, you know, counterbalance that like, oh, I can never afford to go to Disney. It's like, actually, let me let me take that opportunity to, you know, almost like debate it and see like where I can really build a trip for you that is more budge- budget friendly, budget conscious. And then um, just Keep making sure that every time that you find something that worked for a family, just put that in your bag of tricks to pull out again later. You'd be surprised at how those little things really add up to a very successful trip for everyone. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This was such a treat. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thanks so much to Sarah for coming out here and being on our podcast. If you want to get in touch with any of our awesome agents or Rob and I, just head over to familytravelplanner.com. You can go to meet our team and it features all of our agents. It has their emails and their handles on there. Any way to get in touch with them by Instagram or Facebook. It's all listed right there. Or you can email Rob and I at Disney at familytravelplanner.com and we are happy to help you. I hope you guys had a really wonderful Valentine's Day and spent it with someone you cherish, someone you love, someone you enjoy, whether that be a love interest, a best friend, a homie, whatever. And so that brings or your pet. 
That could be a pet. Pets, you know, there's all types. We love our pets. They've been in mm. our in the room here, uh, chomping on some bones. They have been. You may have heard them. So but. this weekend, I get to go try out Ohana breakfast, yeah. which I'm really excited about, and a couple other things. We might hit up Splitsville and do a couple odds and ends and errands over in Orlando. So I hope to have a couple of fun stories for you when I come back. Yeah, I mean, she's not gonna. She's she's not entering a Disney theme park. This is true. I am but not. She's gonna have a great time. I can't do that without you, babe. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. But it's gonna be a nice little getaway. Yeah, no, you're gonna enjoy it definitely. Yeah. And so I think now, right? We could talk about uh, my number three. Are you ready? <gasps> I completely forgot. <laughs> you can't do that to me where She's you so throw things off. out of order. <laughs> I am a type A person. I need organization. Okay, babe. What's so, number three? Again, following my first two picks, this one was very important. So while it is number three, it's really my number one. And that that God, pick, well... It, Give me a second here. Now, this is like uh, if everybody could hear this story, if they could follow along, they would agree with us or agree with me at least. But you'll agree with me in a second because my number three, my number one Disney couple, (laughs) it's us. It's me and you. (laughs) Oh, no, stop. (laughs) She's blushing right now. She is blushing. Oh, babe. This is sorry. We're I'm getting sappy, but you're my forever Valentine. There's no one else I'd rather be going to Disney with. That is true. I love you so much. I know. <laughs> I'll take it.